From the Rams studio, connected by AT&T, welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. With me is DeMarco Farr. It is March 28th, about 11 a.m. Pacific time here in sunny Los Angeles, California. And yes, DeMarco saying we got big smiles because uh, the Rams now yeah. have Dominican Sue. Yeah. Well, you, you have the resident wrecking machine already in uniform. Mm-hmm. Now you got the second. Yeah, coming out of Miami. Indomitian uh, Sue is here. We talked about this. Um, I think this has potential to be just a devastating, dominating defensive line, which yeah. makes me happy. Um, as long as you're scoring points on top of that, then, I mean, like you're talking about Rams and playoffs. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's funny. I mean, we talked about this um, with J.B. Long in the last episode of Between mm-hmm. the Horns that we had. And, I mean, I basically was like, nah, I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. really see it because – how will Sue sort of fit in with um, the way the Rams play yeah. their defensive line, right? This is yeah. a 3-4 scheme, but it, it is that one gap. You're not necessarily playing the two gap. But what you and I both said yeah, yeah. is that if he comes and he says, I will play the nose, then that's the way it would work. It's fair, but remember, this is Ndamukong Sue. He's a professional. He's one of the best. I mean, he can play anywhere along the defensive line. Anywhere he chooses to play or you want him to play, he can play. Um, but there is going to be a choice uh, with him. Uh, when it's third and a mile and it's time to get after the passer, now every defensive lineman, especially tackles, have their favorite spot to which they want to rush from. It's like a pitcher, right-handed. Whatever your best pitch is, it's coming. So... If he wants to line up on the left that day, say at left defensive tackle, but that's where Donald wants to be, well, there's a choice that's going to have to be made. Who gets that spot? I would say right now Sue's going to have to bump over. But, I mean, maybe AD's not in there. But that's the benefit for all Rams fans and this football team. I mean, there is no rest for the offense. When they're both out there, when they're staggered, if one's taking a blow and the other one's in with the, with the backup, uh, there is no let off. There's no drop down for the defense. So th- this is a great move for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you can add one of the most dominant defensive yeah. linemen in the game, and you already have one of the, arguably the most dominant yeah. d- defensive linemen in the game, there is something to that. And yeah. I think no matter where Sue plays along the defensive line, and it is, McVay said this um, at the uh, league meetings in Orlando yesterday at the coaches' breakfast, he said that right now Sue is going to play the nose, so you're still going to have Donald at three technique and Brockers at five technique, which I think they both settled into those oh positions. Yes, exactly. Right? What oh If you're on first and second down, that, especially what is an offense supposed to do that to is combat that? Three stubborn pier posts. You ever seen a pier post out there in the ocean? I don't know what that means. A, pier, a, 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 pier a post, post that's holding up oh, a pier sorry. where the pier is gone and it's just an old post that's yes, out there and yes. you see the ocean trying to batter this thing down yes. and it's just not moving. Yes. Well, you got three of them out there. Right. Imagine if they're upset that day. <laughs> and they don't feel like playing football. They just want to hurt people. I mean, this is what I'm saying. You you have the makings of a dominant front. So, yes, so maybe Indomitian Sue has to pull his back foot up a little bit more, drop his butt down, and play nose tackle. You're going to have to play the run a little bit more than you than you have in, in years past yes. because of Donald is out there. And when you see a guy out there that's that good, you'll play that spot. You understand that. Um, if If you think that that spot is yours – then by all means, compete for it and try to take it. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that battle. Absolutely. Let's see it go down in training camp. Let's see who comes out the best. But eventually, they all want to be on the field at the same time. So there's only so many spots. So maybe you're going to have to play nose tackle. Maybe you're going to have to play a five instead of your normal three. But to be out there, to play with that sort of front, man, that should, that should make anybody salivate for training camp. Absolutely. 
No, and it's it's probably bad news bears for uh, the Rams' offensive line. Can't. Oh man. But yes, I've been as getting the nothing but goes, text from Arizona, from San Fran, from people I know that are just like, oh, that's that's just that's terrible. Right. Yeah. How can you guys do this to us? <laughs> I, I don't care. Good. If you hate it, I love it. <laughs> do you think Sam Bradford maybe regrets signing with Arizona a little bit now? Well, well I mean, look, Sam's good, <laughs> but but every every team. This is the funny thing when you watch Indomitian Sue play. Sometimes it's not him. Uh, when he's out there, he's being doubled, what have you. He's not making. Somebody tried to say that Miami didn't get better when they moved on from Randy Starks, going from Starks to Sue. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's go back and watch every tape because it's not just the numbers you have to look at; it's the effect on the game and what's happening. Sure. Every time I see Sue out there in a Miami Dolphin uniform, guess who shows up more than him? Cameron Wake. You know why? Because, they, because there's no help. Was, right. Right. You're spending Sue's all your all time attention. trying to deal with that. And then watch the tape even uh, further. When Sue's out of the game, watch the offense gain more confidence. Mm-hmm. Watch quarterbacks gain more confidence in the pocket. Right. When he's in there, things change. So this is going to help. There's no way to get away from this defense as it looks like on paper. Well, you know, you brought up Cameron Wake, but Olivier Vernon, Mm -hmm. who went to the New York Giants, sort of experienced that same effect, and then he goes to the Giants and he makes all that money in part because of what was going on with Sue and with Wake. And so when you're Vernon and you're on the other side, man, that has an effect on you too. Oh, my God. When you – that left side, when it's Wake and Sue – in Miami, and they're either running games or just running straight ahead at the quarterback. That right and left guard, uh, right guard and right tackle have issues. So it's not just Sue and Donald, the pairing. That's going to be enough for any center guard combo. But just think of the outside pass rushes that's, that's going to line up next to Donald and then next to Sue on the other side. Right. Yeah, it's, it's going to make everybody better. And then the corners that you have, man coverage specialists. Yes. So the way you attacked the Rams last year, is not going to be the way you try to attack them this year. Not right. even close. Right. And that's one of these interesting things, and I don't necessarily love to make this analogy, but, I mean, you think about what the Warriors did, Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. did, adding in Kevin Durant. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they re- he replaced Harrison Barnes, which made him a, a complete upgrade, but it was a position of need mm-hmm. in some ways on a team that was already good. Right. So, and it's same it, effect. Yes, yeah, that, that's where richer. I'm going to it. R- right. Yeah, you know, like Dominican Sue, he comes in and he's going to play a position that the Rams needed. They needed a better nose mm-hmm. tackle, so he's going to come in and do that. You know, you've got Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib on the outside. They're coming in. They're playing positions of need. They are going to get the Rams better out there. And so, yes, now the Rams still do have positions that they've got to fill at inside linebacker and outside linebacker. But just when you're looking at that defense as a whole. You talk about things that the Rams could get better at. They brought in players that fit the system and that fit positions of need. Well, here's the where it stops, where the sports kind of change is, well, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan, basketball can go end-to-end and score. Yes, there's only five players out there at a time, and obviously there are 11 right. on each you know. Side. Now, I mean, Legion of Booms, Steel Curtains, greatest defenses, the Baltimore Ravens in 2000. I mean, those defenses... They start from great and get better as the year goes on, but they also are dependent upon the help they get on the other side of the ball. So let's not get caught up just saying, okay, they've got a bunch of great names and a great defense. You're still going to have to score points. Yes. A lot of points. Yes. If you want to make this defense have fangs and be lights out, score 35 points a game and make it 70-30 pass to throw on, on game days in your house with this front. Quarterbacks won't have a chance. Right. I, I think that's what Les Need and Sean McVay are trying to build. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, look, let's build a defensive-minded football team and keep the score, what, 14-3 to and let's win that way. Oh, no. They want to dominate. 
They want the offense to. <laughs> we already saw that movie, and <laughs> right, the ending right. wasn't very good. <laughs> they want the offense to dominate and the defense to, you know, chew up the rest of what's left. Yeah, and I think what, that's kind of the way things worked last year. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams were playing with the lead a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big reason why Aaron Donald was able to get 11 sacks. And the Rams were able to get so many takeaways, and that also led to points. And when you have that kind of snowball effect, mm-hmm. that helps the offense, it helps the defense, and everything like that. So everything kind of worked in tandem. I forgot. Somebody's in here with a computer. When is the last time a tackle actually led in sacks? A tackle actually led in sacks. A defensive tackle actually led in sacks. Warren Sapp? I don't know. I, it might have been. I'm but not, I'm trying to remember really how long it's been. Uh, but that could be coming soon to a theater near you. Because yes. Sue takes up two. You've only got one for Donald. He's going he's gonna to carve people up. Or yeah. you could have the opposite. Donald right. takes up two. There's only one for Sue. Right. Or you have yeah. Sue and Donald, you know, both taking up a couple, and then Brockers is one-on-one. Oh, yeah. so it's, and their styles are so different. I mean, uh, Donald is speed to power. It's, it's a unique blend. We haven't seen anything like that. Yes. Uh, Sue, is he plays a big man's game. He is absolutely wearing you up. For that guard that's trying to block him, that is the toughest workout you, you've had all year times 65. Really? It's that, it's that, mu- it's that impactful because he, he's that size. Sometimes he's playing the game. Sometimes he's playing against you. He is absolutely trying to wear you out. Yeah. He, that's how strong he is. That's why he's so great. He's coming into you. He's giving you power, and he's driving you back to the quarterback, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if he starts to wear you down, that bull rush is going to get faster mm-hmm. and quicker. And then he'll start playing the game on you. So he's just he's one of those wear-you-down types to go with a bowling ball like Donald and a peer post. Say it with me. Peer post. Like Michael Brockers. I just didn't really understand what you were talking about when you said peer post the first time. Now I anyway, get it. And yes, yes, good. Right. Um, but I think also, you know, Sue um, has reportedly been a person that just didn't want to get double teamed. I saw this um, from Ben Fullen of the Boston Globe, and he tweeted it out. It was one of the things that Sue was looking for in trying to find a team was, I don't want to get double teamed every play anymore. And I don't think Sue has been on a line where... Well, where, uh, th- where but else here's, but here? That's what well, that, exactly, and right. that's, that's part of why it works. Right. Because wh- everywhere else that Sue has been, when you talk about yeah. Detroit, when you talk about Miami... He has been the centerpiece, the focus of any offensive coordinator's plan is to be, okay, we cannot, we have to make sure that this guy does not ruin our day because that's the only way we're going to have a chance. Right. So now that that was the way that people thought about Aaron Donald last year, especially, I mean, you think about it, 14 games and 11 Mm -hmm. sacks. That's a lot. Right. And that means that he's impacting the game. You know, he had what, two, three games in a row where he ended the opponent's drive with a sack fumble. Oh, yeah. Which you don't see you don't <laughs> see that happen, like, ever. Right. So now, as we keep saying, look, it, you have these two guys who are basically can be centerpieces of a defense. And when you have them both rushing the interior, it's like, yeah. man, good luck. Well, you know, a lot of talk has gone to, okay, let's move to inside linebackers and outside linebackers. Well, speaking uh-huh. of inside linebackers, I mean, my God, I wish I could play that spot. I mean, no. With 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 that front, you're almost guaranteed to be running to the ball free, uh-huh. for the most part. They're going to do so much. There's so much time spent trying to keep those guys out of the backfield that they may forget about you. So right. you might see a linebacker that comes out of nowhere and becomes a Pro Bowl candidate, mm-hmm. and you never even thought of his name, but because of his numbers and what he's playing in front of or behind, 
he's going to have chances to make big plays. So it's not necessarily, hey, we need to get a premium guy here or there. Well, that, that kind of changed with the addition of Sue. Now just get somebody who knows the defense that can run and hit. Well, it sounds like you're talking about Rameek Wilson, uh, linebacker out of Georgia, who Or was, Corey Littleton. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Or Corey Mark Barron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but bo- uh, they added Wilson last week, um, and he was with Kansas City for three years, mm-hmm. and so now he's going to in, uh, presumably be a big part of that linebacker rotation. Um, and one thing that I did think was interesting that Lessine was talking about a couple weeks ago after the big moves for Aqib Tlaib and uh, Marcus Peters was that you sort of value different positions differently in mm-hmm. different defenses, right? So the Rams now, with Wade Phillips' system and the way he is such a big cover corner guy, um, have valued the cornerbacks, the outside there, mm-hmm. a little bit more than inside linebacker. And that's not to say that they don't want good players to be there, but... When you it's have, just where you want to spend your money. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So when you have two guys that can be dominant cover guys, and then you have two guys on the inside, and let's say three, because I think Michael Brockers, especially with these two guys next to him, can be a dominant guy on the inside. Thought he should have got some Pro Bowl consideration. I agree. For the way he played. Yes, yeah. he did play well. There was especially. a noticeable difference when he went out versus Atlanta. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and, and earlier in the season, I mean, yeah. there were a couple points where um, he had to go out, but being at that five technique, I think, really accentuated <laughs> what he can do mm-hmm. um, in a defense. But now that you've got those sort of things, you've got your outside and your real back end with LaMarcus Joyner tied up, you've got your front end tied up there, you can maybe be a little more creative, I guess is the word, with your inside linebackers, and your outside linebackers because you're more dominant in those other positions. Well, the deep ball, when the ball's in the air, coaches can't help you. But, you know, when the ball's in the middle of the field and they're running it at you, that is coaching. If you're out of position or missing tackles, then that goes back to your position coach, then coordinator. So, Wade Phillips is fantastic. He's been in the league forever. So Longer than both you and I have been alive, right? Well, well maybe not you. Well, there are guys – you know what? See <laughs> – you almost got that by me. Anyway. I was really close. Well, I mean, we give a lot of credit to offensive gurus. Sean McVay, yeah. innovators on offense, yeah. because that's the sport we're in. But there's also innovators on defense, like a Wade Phillips. He's telling you today's NFL, mm-hmm. defensively speaking, yes. this is where yes. you spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see special, get special. Sue special. You, you might not want to pay that much for a nose tackle, but when you get a guy like that, then so be it. Just like inside linebacker, sure, I can get away with having X, Y, and Z. We're going to coach the hell out of them. They're going to know what to do, and they're going to be great tacklers because we're great coaches. Mm-hmm. But if you find special, if you find a Bobby Wagner, you definitely hold on to yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, that's how great of a coach and how much of an innovator he is. Where the money is being spent or where the premium picks are or where the name guys are, that's the tough part of football. Let me make sure I get some great man-to-man corners. Yes. Akeem Tlaib. Let me go out and get a Marcus Peters. Guys that can stay in the hip pocket of receivers in case I get a little more aggressive on game day with blitzing. Mm-hmm. Or if they have top receivers. Uh, if not, like I said, we can back them off play zone. But during the week, we're going to have their game plan and our game plan so ingrained in our heads that almost anybody can rotate through and we can still be good on game day. That's their mentality. Yes, and that's the mentality, I think, especially at linebacker, where you have a guy like Wilson who reports have said, and I will admit I have not necessarily gone back and studied film on him, yeah. but the reports have said that he's pretty, he's pretty good against the run. He's smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, the thing that jumps out to me, I love this, especially at linebackers, uh, it's just like quarterbacks. Okay. Um, when the center has his hand on the football, the quarterback is barking out signals or he's gaining information by looking, right? Or yes. sending guys in motion. Yes. 
there should be a a similar a mirror a mirroring effect by the linebackers. Mm-hmm. When I see him play, he's all into it. He's moving guys around. He's telling people, "Watch here, split here, slide over here. Uh-huh. We got this here." Love that versus yeah. the guy that just lines up and is being moved. Right. Those guys scare me. Okay. I'm not sure what you're looking at or how instinctive you are. Uh, when there's movement on offense, there should be a subsequent move on the defensive sure. side. When you watch him play, you can tell he is definitely dialed in to okay. that game plan. And he's a guy that studies and learns. How he plays, fast as I don't know what, he okay. gets to the ball quick. So maybe in this situation with a with more reps, more playing time, and a in a different environment, you might see a different guy or a new guy. Or mm-hmm. somebody, wow, they've been sitting on him for a couple of years. How? Why? Huh. Well, we'll find out when he gets here. So we have not really had a chance to talk with either Sean McVay or Wade Phillips about this, but from what you're saying, it sounds like Wilson could be a candidate to become the defensive signal caller. Could be. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just watching him on tape, it seems like he's the first guy when he was out there, when he was starting, when he's on the field. Yeah. He is unafraid to move people around and signal. Okay. That that tells me a lot from watching film. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's a, a huge position that the Rams are going to have to fill after the departure of Alec Ogletree over to the Giants. Um, one more thing, though, on Indominus Sue before we move on to something else. Um, what I thought was interesting is McVay said at the this coach's breakfast again that was at like four in the morning local because they were in Orlando. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I had to get up and <clears throat> excuse that me. That sounds watch like the a complaint, thing. Miles. Oh, I mean, like, I understand. That, that sounds like a complaint. It's a breakfast. Like, it's okay. supposed to be early. Okay. I don't know if it's really a complaint. We don't complain. I'm not really complaining. We, yeah. It may have sounded like a complaint, but it okay. was not truly right. a complaint. Go ahead. It was four in the morning local when this was going on. Anyway, but McVeigh was saying to reporters there that he got in contact with both Donald and Brockers mm-hmm. before the pursuit <laughs> of Donald and Sue <laughs> yeah. really, really got going. Yeah, Why yeah. are you laughing at because that? Because DTs aren't receivers and quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you uh, like if somebody yeah, yeah. you know says That's, to you like Indominus yeah. Sue, we, we might go after Indominus Sue. You mean you would say what? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I almost cussed. Absolutely, yeah. yes. That's better for us. That's right. better for me. Yes. In the middle, and this is the cool thing about playing defensive tackle, defensive line. You can play four at a time. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not like one quarterback <laughs> plays or one running back plays right. or one receiver sees the ball. Right. We can all go out and get it right. at and the same time. Yes, and yeah. basically McVay said that that was the response that he got yeah. from both of those guys. And he also said um, that Sue and Donald were in contact with one another. So it kind of sounds like Donald may have been a part of this recruiting process. So, Good. I mean, yeah. I bet that was the only call he needed. What? And Dominican Sue. If he was like waffling back and forth, I bet that was the only call he needed. Not to coaches, not to GMs, not to his agent. If Donald calls and says, hey, let's do this, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And one one interesting thing, too, that um, came from Alden Gonzalez of ESPN. I heard this on the radio yesterday is that, look, those two guys share the same agent, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have been kind of tweeting me, and I don't want to make this sound like more than it is, but, you know, it's, okay, you have Sue, so then what's with Donald? Like, why are you going to pay this one guy before you pay the guy that you already have? And Les Need already said this. There is a plan in place to get this Donald extension done. And to me, this is an extension that seems like it would happen more or less in the summer break than right now, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, like yeah, you get yeah. these kind of, like Andrew Luck, for instance, was yeah. over that sort of July 4th holiday, that time where there's nothing else really going on. So that, like, you get rid of, you get, I don't want to say rid of, you do all of these other pressing matters first. Like, yeah. you, if you don't get Sue done now, you're, you're not going to get him. 
Right. Okay. It's it's, it's just not funny. that Donald can wait. It's that there is a timeline, and usually those kinds of big extensions for a player that's already under contract. You don't. That's not a pressing pressing matter. No. Right now. I think that's probably something Donald can learn from Sue, because What's it that? was the same in Detroit. You can't pay Sue what he's worth, or what is Indomitian Sue worth? Is he worth quarterback money? Okay, watch the tape. Absolutely, he is. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to well, you're paying him too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I can't because wait of the because of the way the salary cap is structured, right. and you also have other positions. So I'm 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 trying to take mental notes of everyone that's like kind of expressed to me that that Aaron Donald is underpaid. Because once he does get paid, what, once he does get to the contract, those same people are going to say, wow, you're spending a lot of money on a defensive tackle. Yes. That's the way it goes. Um, Donald's going to get there. Sue got there. It's just a process. Mm-hmm. All you can do in the meantime is play your ass off. Mm-hmm. And, and, and 99 has done that. Yes. Yeah. And like, but like I said, I mean, I think especially when you have a player that's going into the last year of the contract, mm-hmm. the, the time for these things to usually get done is the summer. Right. And, like, you know, between the end of OTAs or minicamp, probably in this case, and the beginning of training camp, that's when I, I, and I'm not reporting this, so don't, you know, make this more than it is, but I feel like usually that's when these things get done. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the audience. You're talking to me. There is no audience. It's me and you in here. I I just. I hate when you do that. What? You start talking to no one again. I'm not talking to no one. Yes, you start talking to people that aren't there. It's me right here. (laughs) You don't see the people? (laughs) No, I don't see the people. I see the pink elephant over there, though. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. yeah. So there's that note. But I I do think that, you know what? I I just, I hate even talking about money when it comes to 99. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, It it cheapens his play. What do you mean? In the sense that, like, you just like watching him to watch him? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun for me because now I only have to watch one tape to get my football jollies out. <laughs> Sometimes I have to watch two. I have to watch him, and then I have to watch Sue. Now they're on the same now team. Now they're on the same yeah. team, so you don't even have to worry right. about that. Okay. Yes. No, that's fun. Fun for me. That is very fun. Um, so let's move on to something else, and this is the, the rumor section of the oh podcast. Boy. What rumor? So, well, I'm pretty sure we've all I seen didn't it. Do now, it. we're not going to tamper. Oh. Okay. So we got to be close or, or careful about this. Oh, is this that little receiver guy? It might be. Oh, that guy. It could be hypothetically. Yeah, absolutely, it could be. you'd be interested hypothetically if if Team X wanted to make receiver Y available. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that well, that would make yeah. a lot of sense. So I, I'll, I'll put it like this: mm-hmm. Can you see the Rams trading for another impact player? Let's just say, as soon as I read the headline coming out of, let's just say, the East Coast. I said, it's, yeah, they're going to be interested immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even. It fits. Um, go back to, what, was it 2014-15 in Washington? Um, yeah, Sean McVay and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. We're doing a number on the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It fits. There's there's a definite fit for a re- receiver like that guy, hypothetically uh, yeah, speaking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. The the most interesting thing about this is the way McVeigh sort of addressed these rumors, and he you know came out and sort of said, "All right, do you want this, or do you want to talk about Sue um, at the the coach's breakfast mm-hmm. yesterday?" But basically, what he said was, "You know, we've shown that we're not afraid to trade for any player." Mm-hmm. You know, he's crediting you know Snead, you know Kevin Demoff, Tony Pastor, and even mm-hmm. ownership for exploring every avenue to make this team better. 
so my next question, I guess, is, is that worth giving up a first-round pick plus something? Adam Schefter tweeted today that it, mm. the Giants in would be asking for two first-round picks. Wow. I wish I could interview Earl Thomas right now. <laughs> the best free safety in the game, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so let's see. You've got Todd Gurley back behind Jared Goff, uh-huh. and you've got this hypothetical blonde-headed receiver that's over there outside the numbers. Yes. What do you do? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Well, that's how... You that's, probably shade him, but then you've also got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Well, that's the indecision that, that something like that would cause. Right. So it may not be, hey, let's just feed this guy the ball and feed this guy's ego. Just think what it does to the entire offense and to the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, it just puts you in peril in every single play. Right. To be hit either deep or to be run on. Right. The, the better you execute in that same sort of situation makes you unstoppable. It makes you a super offense. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and if, you know, you have that kind of number one wide receiver. But at the same time, I think it deserves to be discussed whether it's necessarily worth giving up that first round pick because of the way the contract situations are here in Los Angeles already. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about it. Donald's got to get paid. Marcus Peters and, and Todd Gurley are both up next year. Those are two players that ostensibly you definitely want to keep around mm-hmm. long term. Jared Goff the year after. And, you know, it's been widely reported that the Rams have, you know, some of the most cap space yeah, yeah. for next season and then the season beyond that. So there's room for these so called mega deals to Can happen. I, throw some, I love the scenario. So let's say you just throw a caution to the wind and you give up the first rounder. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's a mess. It's. It's, it's dangerous long-term. But what happens if you throw in a winning season like and you bring home a Lombardi? Oh, well, if you bring home a Lombardi, everything is worth it. Well, yeah. That's the way I'd be thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be thinking about, oh, my God, I, what could happen in the future? What about the right now? Uh, that's fair. What about the 2018 with that football team? No, I, I and I see that. But I think also you do still have, you know, holes at – Outside linebacker, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily inside linebacker, but I think the way you want to get after a quarterback, yeah, you yeah. already have Sue, you already have Donald Brockers. Those guys are your more or less interior pass rushers, mm-hmm. but that edge rusher spot, you can get a, a quality, high impact edge rusher in theory, you know, with your first round pick, somebody that you can keep under a really a, a cost controlled contract for five years. And you already have these other contracts coming up, right? Yeah, Jared yeah. Goff, right now, the, the trade, in theory, would make sense because Jared Goff, as your quarterback, is under that kind of cost-controlled contract for the next two seasons after this one, right? And that, would yeah, give, yeah. that, that, gives, you the, that gives you the five years of the rookie contract. Now, right, exactly. Yeah, this, yeah. Is a, that, this is why I think this is such an interesting scenario because if you've got all of these guys, and we went through four guys who were going to get premium contracts, plus somebody like a LaMarcus Joyner who's up you know, after um, this year, now under the franchise tag, and there are plenty of other you know, role players that the Rams are going to have to do things with. You know, you've got oh, yeah. three of your offensive linemen are going to be up after this season, Rob Havenstein, um, uh, Jamon Brown at right guard, and then left guard Roger Saffold. So, again, you, these are things that I think you got to think about. But you got them all now, right? You do have them all now. That's the way I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, if I can add a piece like that and I may have to give up one of those down the road or I have decisions to make in the offseason of 2019, so be it. I told you this before, and I hope this isn't like 
talking crazy, but yeah. I want to do that hungover, making those decisions, which yeah. means I'm still on a parade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Philadelphia, still having fun. Philadelphia has their issues. Yeah. They have stuff to worry about in the future. You know what they're doing right now? They're celebrating having they're a They're building shelves trophy. for a trophy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's better than, hey, let's build, build, build. Let's, right. Let's, let's be cautious, you know? If that guy, and if he's healthy, number one, if he's healthy, and number two, his head is on straight. Yeah. Because this is the West Coast. This is Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That does scare me a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but if his head's on straight and he's healthy, man, absolutely. It, it, it makes you a super football team already. In theory, it does. I mean, you have to go out and you got to play the games. True. But yeah. uh, yes, I think with that kind of offensive threat, you know, that's really replacing Sammy Watkins in theory with another player who is perhaps of even higher caliber. Yeah, and that's not just anybody. I mean, you've seen this guy play. Yeah. Even when he's not getting the ball, he's still killing you. Right, he's yeah. impacting the game. Yeah, yeah, okay, so rumor over. Well, right. <laughs> I just think, but no, I, I just do want to have that discussion because, I mean, you know, what what happens is – you have the Rams already, and if you win, and if you have to make those decisions later down the road, as McVay says, that's a problem. Uh, excuse me, a positive problem to have. Yes, right. First world issues. Yeah, <laughs> all of football is kind of first, a first world, world issue. Yeah, except for Cleveland. Oh, I had to throw that in. There. Oh, I that's had so to. sad. I had to throw that. Oh, sorry about Joe, by the way. Oh, Joe Thomas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. retiring. Shout yeah. out to Joe Thomas. Yes. Great uh, left tackle. You're free. Who follows me on Twitter. You're free. I don't know why he follows me on Twitter, but I'm grateful. Because you're a Browns really fan. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland and yeah, all that. Yeah, there you so go. I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's why. He saw a native Clevelander on my uh Yes, no offense to the Browns. Messing with Miles. Anyway. No offense to the Browns. But anyway, um, on NFL Live apparently today, Adam Schefter said that it would probably take a first. He, Adam Schefter said that Odell Beckham Jr. will be traded for a first and a third or fourth round pick. Good. So that's his, uh, that's, you know, the, the guy who knows, Adam yeah. Schefter, is saying that. So whether he Odell Beckham Jr. is traded to any team in the league, that's probably what it would take. Reading NFL Braille, that tells me that New York isn't crazy. They're just fed up. Yeah. Anything less than that, then I wouldn't want him. Right. Yeah. Like, why are you getting rid of him? And you'll take this in return, then maybe I, w I don't want that. Guy. Well, I mean, in theory, yeah. that like that's the same kind of thing I think you would ask about Kansas City with Marcus Peters, right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I, you know, is he has the most picks yeah. since he's gotten in the league by a very wide margin, especially if you include playoffs. I just remembered. I think we got Marshall for a two and a five. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, Thank New you, England, didn't New England acquire Randy Moss for like a four and a six? And you see how that turned out. Yeah. They almost had a perfect year. Yeah. Yeah. Lost one game. The yes, Super Bowl. The Super yeah. Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that really um, was probably sometimes not a change of scenery, man. You know, different coaching staff, different environment. West Coast. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, things change. People change. We saw that here with a guy who's no longer here, Tremaine Johnson. One eighty. Complete 180. You think so? It became a leader. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Things change. People can change. Um, guys are young. Uh, they come into this league young. They act young. And then if they're in it long enough, they grow up. Yeah. And they become veterans and leaders. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Well, this has also been a topic of conversation, um, especially since the Rams signed Sue. How do you think McVay will handle all these personalities in the locker room? Uh, well, that's the funny thing. I heard about this. Like, where's the leadership coming from? I don't know yeah. who wrote that or did I hear that on the radio or whatever. 
okay, come out to practice. That'll be obvious within the first five seconds. Okay? True. Yeah, I mean, that's where the leadership is coming from. Yeah. Um, good luck any player, I don't care how much you make, trying to out-energy Sean McVay. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or out-prepare. Mm-hmm. Or out-football him. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to meet that guy. Because mm-hmm. chances are he's not sleeping at all. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't worry about the leadership aspect of, of that at all. It's Not funny. even close. It's funny you bring up the sleep thing. I remember talking to former offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur about this once, and he was like, I don't really understand how Sean McVay has so much energy every day because he sleeps like four to three hours a night. So, like, he basically, LaFleur was saying, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. But that's the kind of guy he is, and you always notice that energy. Yeah, I just, it seems like he is, to me, it seems like he is right where he needs to be. McVeigh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He is in the right spot and he is really, really loving what he's doing. Yeah. And he's really, really into it. So, yeah, I mean, Sue's got a rep. We know this. I think somebody pointed out his his fines, you know, how much mm-hmm. he's paid in fines or what have you, or they want to take shot at, t- shots at the characters of, of the guys they're bringing in and who's going to be the leader. Okay. Well, that, that tells me you haven't seen this team prepare. Mm. That tells me you haven't watched one single minicamp or training camp practice. If you're wondering where the leadership is coming from. Right. Um, I think guys that have seen it, you know where the leadership is coming from. Yes. Yeah. Out of the building and inside the building. Well, I think, you know, just from the, the player standpoint, you still have guys in the locker room like Andrew Whitworth, mm-hmm. who you imported last year. You have Robert Woods, wasn't who really he, sets the tone for that offense, too. Wasn't Andrew Whitworth really captain at the Pro Bowl? Yes, he was. By a bunch of guys he didn't play with? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that, that tells you a lot about him, It right? does, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and so those are those are two guys, I think, on offense. Look, Jared Goff is going to continue to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 23, going to be 24 That's what I can't this wait for. season. Yeah, yeah. You know, as he continues to grow and continues to come into his own as a leader, that guy is probably going to be a captain here for a long time. Aikman. Todd Gurley, yeah. another one of those guys that's young, coming into his own, going to be a leader. Ooh, can you imagine if he gets better? Todd Gurley? If Todd Gurley gets better. He should be working on phys- that. Physically and athletic- yeah. athletically, if he gets better. If they find more and more and unique ways to get him the ball in space. Mm-hmm. The fireworks you can see. But what I can't wait for is for Jared Goff to make that huge leap. And I can I compare him to Troy Aikman. He's so even keel. Uh, playing against Troy. Watching Troy play. Uh, whether it's up or down, he's the same guy. Yeah. That's what he's giving. Oh, that's absolutely Jared Goff. But behind closed doors, it's different. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a taskmaster. I can't wait for that sort of jump out of Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, to where it, it doesn't have to come from coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line, the running backs, the receivers. You don't have to wait for coaches to tell you. He's going to tell you. Right. Yeah. Before you get to the sideline. Exactly. I love that stuff. But and that I think is going to come with him knowing this offense better oh, yeah. and 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 you know being more familiar with the personnel and everybody else being more familiar with him too. Yeah. Uh, everyone was learning last year, uh, including Jared Goff. Yes. Um, absolutely. So I mean, you get into year two, year three, year four of the same offense, when you can anticipate the calls and you know you and the coach and the or the play caller, you're on the same page and you're looking at things the same way. It's no longer, hey, can you run this? It's, hey, let's just run this, or I think we can do this. When you start to get that dialogue between quarterback and coach, uh, that's when you go to, like, Green Bay-type levels with, right. with Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy. Uh, Tony Romo, when he was at his best. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the offensive coordinator on the field. At some point with this offense, 
it's going to take more than a year. Jared Goff could get there. That's and that, but that's what you want. That's why you want that continuity. Yeah. Um, and I think even though the Rams um, have lost Matt Lafleur to the Titans and um, the, Greg Olson has gone uh, to mm-hmm. the Oakland Raiders to be their offensive coordinator as well. There are still a lot of things that are still going to translate because the top is still the same. The offensive right. playbook is still going to be the same. Now, are they going to add to it? Yes, they're going to have different tweaks here and there. But these are the things that you can start working on now in OTAs and in yeah. the, the off-season program that starts on April 16th. Once you start getting into the classroom, you don't really have to go through the same installation process because you're not learning it the first no, time. No, you can hit the ground running. Exactly. Yeah. And you can continue to go through and start perfecting things. You can. Yeah. Say, okay, look, we struggled a little bit in red zone offense. That's what we're going to do this year. You know, you brought up Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas used to say, he had this great quote, I don't know if it was in 2014 or something, but I saw it in the last few days because of his retirement. But he said, you know, when you come to the Cleveland Browns, you're basically introducing yourself to everybody on the first day of the offseason program, and you're getting a new playbook, and you're learning everything. You know what they do in New Orleans? They get right to work on what they didn't do (laughs) well last year because they've had the same coach and the same quarterback for so many years. And that's now what you're, I think, going to be able to start seeing the Rams do. You know, you have the same coach, you have the same quarterback, you've got the same running back, you've got the same left tackle. That offensive unit is going to be able to come in and say, look, we weren't the best at red zone offense last year, even though we led the league in scoring. But we're going to be. Let's get better at that. (laughs) But we're going to be. Exactly. That's why I never begrudge how much quarterbacks make. I only get mad at you if you have a life. What do you mean, outside of football? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why you should pay quarterbacks a lot of money, because they shouldn't have a life at all. It should be just about football. What did you think of Kirk Cousins' deal with Minnesota? Interesting. The fully guaranteed contract. Um, interesting. I can't wait to see how he plays. Uh, I want to see if Jay Gruden is wrong. Huh. Jay Gruden said that what do you, we're obviously better at quarterback now. <laughs> I think he did say Something that. Something like that. I'm like, bruh, okay, really? Okay. Like, that's... I want to see I hope how they, they don't, play. I hope Minnesota doesn't play Washington this year because, like, if you say yeah. that and they play you, like, that's going to get taken out on you. And, well, yeah, revenge games always happen that way. But I, I want to see how he plays, Kirk Cousins plays in a new environment. And let's see if Jay Gruden can turn Alex Smith into something other than what he has been. But Alex Smith has not been a bad quarterback. No, 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 no. And he, he's no. been a good protector of the football. He can sometimes throw the ball downfield on occasion. But if, but if Alex Smith is rated here, then I always put Kirk Cousins right about there. On the same level. This is a great... Close. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting your hand... <laughs> now, if you can this look is... at that and say he's obviously better... I'm just I'm laughing because like uh, I think the majority of our offense listens to this. They do not necessarily watch it. So like when you're putting your hands up at the same level, that is not very helpful for the audio medium. Well, I'll let I'll let you describe (laughs) it. You do color right now. Well, Demarco has his hands just about at head level. Thank you. But both hands are at the same level. Yes. So what he's saying is that basically Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith are the same to you. About the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're about the same guy. Yes. To me. So how can one be, how can you obviously be that much better? I, I don't know. Okay. I, it doesn't. Sounds like coach speak. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll find out. So I'm actually. Maybe you're just talking up Alex Smith at that point. It could be. I'm actually rooting for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And except for that game that he plays against I wanna, the Rams. Except for when he plays against the Rams. <laughs> but I want to see how he plays. I hope he like performs like gangbusters. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that should be interesting. Um, so turning to another thing, um, we got some rule changes 
the biggest one, obviously, yeah. the catch rule. Thank have you God. have you heard what this new catch rule entails? I agree with. I think Dan Quinn said it. It's going to create. There's going to be a lot more catches, a lot more fumbles. Yes, with that it rule. seems like it. So I mean, and that's fine. At least there's something definitive. But we're, how, a little, we're a little closer to being a little more definitive out there in the field. I, I think what you just said is true. There's, you're a little bit more. You're a little bit closer to yeah. being a little bit more definitive. I'll, I'll go through what the catch rule now is. It entails three things. Now, a control of the football. Mm-hmm. B two feet down or another body part down. So, like in you know in Tennessee where Cooper Cup catches and he puts the knee down to make the Rams go up 27-20. That counts one knee. Equals I was two shouting feet. at people in the stands. One knee, two feet. I said that I turned uh, I turned to people in the uh, press box and I said the same thing. One, One knee is two, two feet. feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to like I was doing this like read the rule book, but yeah. they didn't get it. Yeah. Nobody nobody yeah. understood that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing we know right. um, the rules. Anyway, so but the third thing is a football move such as a third step, thank God, reaching or extending for the line to game. Or the ability to perform such an act. Yes. See, where I kind of get hung up is the ability to perform such an act. That like that feels pretty subjective. But is it more subjective or less subjective than, you know, you need to control the ball all the way to the when ground? When you make a catch in the middle of the field and you think you're about to get hit, and sometimes that hit comes a half a beat later than that receiver thinks, yeah. and he's just standing there looking for it. Well, you had the ability to make a move. Okay. You just didn't do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That that your being stationary or not moving was up to you. Right. Not the defense. So I'm glad that's gone back to the offense. I thought that was that was unfair. Okay. Yeah. He had a chance to protect himself or he had a chance to make a football move. That should be a catch not catch or that's a fumble. Right. Yeah. So I but to me at least I kind of and I know I'm in the minority on this, but I felt like the catch rule was actually I, I felt like it was easy to interpret. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to have catch possession, two feet, and control the ball all the way to the ground, that made sense to me. I felt like I could define what was and was not a catch pretty fairly. I, I got lost towards the end of the year. There was there were some catches, I believe. I, I can't remember what the game. I think it was might have been Monday night. Catch um, catches it on the one or on the two, and the guy turned towards the goal line. And Are you talking about Jesse James with the tries Steelers? to stick it over and the ball comes out and they said it wasn't a catch. I think you're talking about Jesse James uh, one with of the those. Steelers. That yeah. was a Sunday night game. It was the Steelers. England. Yeah, just yeah. wait a minute now. He's he's trying to score here. Right. That's obviously catch and control. He right. just lost it. So right. that's not an incompletion. Yes. That's either a touchdown or a fumble. Sure. Yeah. So that and that is now I think what would be a catch in yes. you know, under this new rule. So So yeah, every now every now and then the rules kind of lose me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, being out there with them, close to the officials, uh, they can hear me, I can hear them. Sometimes I'm within five yards of the call, and I missed it. Because either I'm blocked or it just happened so quick, and I'm saying there's no way he caught that. And then I ask upstairs, hey, what's the replay say? Oh, he caught it. Hmm. Wow, down here it looks like no way. But, I mean, it happens quick. So right. anything that can help speed the game up, help the officials, and just get the call right. That's all. That's all anybody's asking. Yes. Yeah. Or right. what do you think of um, this targeting, this lowering your head rule? So the the rule now states it is a foul if a player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with his helmet against an opponent. The player may be disqualified. Applies to any player anywhere on the field. I'm going to need to see video. You're going to have to show me with video what you're talking about because that seems real gray. Who? 
if can Todd Gurley lower his head into a guy? Right. Is he ejected? I, I, I mean, it sort of seems like it. Any player anywhere on the field. Okay, see, I, you're going to have to show me video of what you're trying to police. Right, yeah, yes. Because I, I don't know what that means. Right, well, I think one thing that came out about it was the, the Ryan Shazier um, hit that he did that, mm-hmm. you know, has left him partially paralyzed, at least to this point, right? That, I think, and what I read was that the rule is not necessarily circling back to him. It wasn't just spurred on by him, but more or less research that the, the NFL has done over the last few years in order yeah. to try to take one of these dangerous hits out of the game. But I think yeah. you're right in that there is a need for some kind of video in order to be like, all right, this is what we're trying to prevent. And so it's not just, you know, Todd Gurley at the two-yard line and he's lowering his shoulder because he's trying to get in to score a touchdown, and then that turns into a 15-yard penalty and he's ejected. Or like, vice that's versa. weird. LaMarcus Joyner on the goal line trying to stop a guy. Right. And he lowers his head right. and, and drives the guy back. Okay, is, is that now a penalty? Right. You know, I, I don't get it. So you're going to have to show me. It seems like, because spearing has always been against the rules. Yes. Spearing, butting, ramming. It's even, there's a warning on the helmet. Yes, there is. Yeah, it's been there forever. But mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's a rewording of a rule that's already been there, unless there's something new. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they mean by that. Yeah, and so that's something that we're going to have to figure out. Um, a couple more rules that I at least want to touch on. Uh, kickoffs that result in touchbacks are now permanently resulting in possession starting at the 25-yard line. I've never liked that rule, and I wish they would change it back. This is not college. NFL offenses should be able to drive down the field 80 yards. I know it's about kickoffs in like. You don't want to give them the five yards? No. Oh, okay. I like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good for this you. Is, well, that, I know. Like, are you surprised that like no. I'm on the side of a defense no. for No, good for, for you. Once? Yeah, yeah. No, but I just feel like I that that started in college, and there was one of the adjustments I had to make um, when I came out of college, and then right. I started covering the NFL. In 2014, I think that was the last year of this, that it's the kickoff, excuse me, kickoffs resulting in touchbacks still started at the 20. Okay, I'm with you. NFL teams should have to drive 80 yards, but I have a defensive mentality. So flip it around to the other side. I'm, they're trying to entice you not to bring the ball out. I know. So they're giving you the extra five yards. I understand that. For, for player safety, I'll give you the five yards. Okay. That's the defensive side of me speaking to you. Okay. I get it. Um, because my kickoff team is also out there. Right. It's also just as violent for the kickoff team as it is for the returners. Absolutely. So, okay, if all I'm giving up is five yards to prevent that, prevent a concussion, a knockout, I'll give you that. Yeah, but five yards is, that's not nothing. Uh, well, I mean. 75, going 75 yards instead of 80 yards is significant. You st- well, and, I mean, and, in but, a perfect world, you still have to go, what, what, eight first downs to score on me? Right. Okay, that's still going to be hard. <laughs> uh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sean McVay's offense might make it look easy. Yeah, yeah it's still going to be hard. we saw before. But, yeah, yeah no, it's still, it's still going to be difficult. But I just, I don't know. I, I understand for player safety why it's being done. But, like, yeah. it... Basically, you're saying we don't want to eliminate kickoffs, but we want to make it a little bit safer. But, you know, then you have coaches like John Fossil who are like, I don't care. Well, I'm going to take this out anyway because, yeah, yeah. you know, if we have a good returner like the Rams do with Farrell Cooper, there's a chance he could bust one. That's the other side of it, too. I mean, back in the day when, you know, kickers used to, you know, bang it to the the end line or to the back of the end zone, guys will still bring it out. Yeah. If you've got a Devin Hester back there, it doesn't matter. Bring yes. the thing out. So maybe bringing it out to the 25 isn't enough for certain coaches mm-hmm. or, or the talent you have. We're not going to take it at the 25. We want a chance to bring it all the way back to the house. Yes. So it's up to you. It's up to your kicker, really. 
Uh, that too. If you don't want him to return it, make sure he puts it out. Get it out. Yeah, yeah. get it out of there. Yeah, exactly. Um, another new thing. Um, the, it uh, excuse me. This authorizes the designated member of the officiating department to instruct on-field game officials to disqualify a player for a flagrant non-football act when a foul that is called on the field. Um, so basically, they're Oof. saying that you can have somebody in the booth, or perhaps even in New York. If they're watching the feed, be like, hey, man, that, you got to get that guy out of there. Oh, man, you got to eject that player. Okay, I never liked this in golf. I thought that was just horrible. When people at home could call into golf tournaments and rat on somebody. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, hey, what he did was against the rules. <laughs> okay, but you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> you're at home. Yeah, get out. Yeah, get out. Um, I, I do worry that, you know, somebody seeing something on a screen without sound mm-hmm. uh, could take a shove in the face completely different than what it is sure yeah it could be just i'm mushing you to have fun or it's just two guys finishing a play and my hand gets up there but on tv it looks like i punched you right hey make sure that guy's thrown out you yeah. know what i mean uh, yeah I, I just i hope games aren't affected by somebody who's not in the area yeah not you don't want to legislate that all right and another new rule teams no longer have to kick a point after touchdown or go for two when there's a game winning touchdown and time has expired so that's nice good now they didn't have to do that in overtime but uh, yeah yeah we saw that in Minnesota yeah. at the end of that playoff game between the Vikings and the Saints where Case Keenum was leading the school chant. You know my philosophy on overtime, right? What is Don't that? Don't get there. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, is, um, that is definitely true. Yeah. All right, so a few more things before we get out of here. Um, it's been two years today since I moved to California, which I think is an interesting note wow. to bring up. Yeah, yeah. and? I, no. How have you changed? Yeah, how, how have I changed? Yeah, how have you changed, really? I'd like to think that I have not changed as a person. Okay. I think I've grown a little bit. What was I think that song? Uh, go to the East Coast, but leave before it makes you too hard. Go to the West Coast, but leave before it makes you too soft. Huh. Yeah. I don't so know how that have song. you changed? <laughs> how have I changed? That's a good question. I, you know what? I didn't know how you would respond to me saying that, but like, I did not expect it to be that. I did not yeah. expect to have to like be deep about it. No matter what happens... <laughs> Whenever you leave, if you if you do decide to leave, yeah. you will always miss this place. Well, I, you will always miss it. I think I'll trust me. I, and this is kind of crazy for yeah. me to say. I think I will miss the weather, <laughs> which is hilarious because we I got another one. <laughs> no, and and here's the thing: like I never minded the cold. Like I went back. You got Vans and board shorts. I do not have on Vans and board shorts. I don't even own a pair of Vans. And a hacky sack. Come on. Get out of here. Come on now. No, but it's, you know what, it's been, yeah, exactly, my or my boss is now, like, yeah. pointing to himself in this room because See? that's what he wears and that's <laughs> how he does it. But, um, no, I, I think it's just been kind of an interesting journey over the last two years, yeah. you know, and I don't remember exactly when you moved out to California, but it was around that same yeah. timeline. But I do know that March 28th, you know, we hopped on the plane, a nice little Southwest flight and flew out here and didn't come wow. back. Wow. It's got, yeah. <laughs> interesting. It is. Uh, I'll take a one-way flight to L.A. Weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we've been out here ever since. But, you know, you just look at the things that have happened, the changes yeah. that have been made in the last two years, yeah. you know, in and around this franchise. It's, it's kind of amazing. You actually saw a division winner. I did. Yeah. I know. And the team is getting better. Yes. Think about a lot co- better. I pl- think, I covered- think about what's going to happen in the next two years. No, I covered the first playoff game at the Coliseum since 1992 or 93, and I wow. wish I could remember the correct correct year for that. But like that, that's something that's very historical, and that's yeah. something that I will always be able to take with me. So that's really cool. At some point, that could be the last thing you think about. What? Just that moment. Oh, because yeah. Because 
think about what's going to happen the next two years. Hey, man, it's, yeah, it, it could be really, really cool. Exactly. Now in the yeah. United Airlines <laughs> Memorial Coliseum. Right. It's currently very much under construction. Have you seen any of these pictures that I have? Going on there? I, I drove past it not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what $5 billion <laughs> is going to look like? Oh, you're talking, I'm, I was talking about the Coliseum renovations oh, I'm that sorry. are still yeah. going under. We were but just you, there. I was yeah. going to bring up the stadium, yeah. though. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the stadium. I was yeah. just there the other day. Uh, when is that football FC going to get started? Uh, in the next month. Because that looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that looks awesome. And where we used to park at the Coliseum is now a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be like for um, uh, George Lucas's museum. Wow. You didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, that's what that's going to be now. Wow. So good luck to us trying to park there. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to really want to go to that museum because I assume there's going to be a lot of cool Star Wars stuff. If you throw stuff. it down to me on game day and I don't answer, you know that's where I'm at. That's where yeah. DeMarco is. But yeah, no, the stadium also is coming along really nicely. Yes. And I've not actually been able to be down there lately, but there, we've posted an update on the Rams.com. You can go definitely mm-hmm. check that out. Um, and it you, you're starting to be able to see the makings of what this stadium is going to be. It just looks awesome. It's fun. I mean, you you, you are actually building a team that's going to go with that stadium. Mm-hmm. That That's that's the fun part. Yes. You're not just building this stadium and hoping. Yes, Yeah, there's exactly. going to be... No, there, there is yeah, a plan in place. Yeah, the occupants will be good. Yeah. Yes, and, you know, if all things go properly, you'll be able to put a Lombardi right in front of it. I know you're making a face. I shouldn't have pulled this up yet. What is that? All right, so this... I, it's a, it, <laughs> I'm showing DeMarco pictures of bacon. I tweeted this out last night. You know, it's wacky question time. We've almost been going for an hour. So this is wacky question time. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm glad that was for me. I'm like, if you're just looking at that in your spare time... I like bacon a lot. <laughs> no, but I tweeted this out last night to the people, and a lot of people responded, which bacon is perfect? And if you go to my Twitter, at Miles A. Simmons, you will know what I'm talking about. For you, DeMarco, which bacon okay, is perfect? Okay, when I ate bacon... Um, oh, I forgot you don't. Yeah, eat bacon when anymore. I no no, <sighs> but look, I've I've had enough bacon. I mean, I was a, a bacon <sighs> guy for a long time. But when I did ba- four 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 would be perfect. Four to is me. the correct answer. I feel like. Yeah, that's that's cooked. It is. That's cooked and not burnt. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because people were responding to me with six, and I was like, dude, why are you eating burnt bacon? I mean, why would I? Yeah, I wouldn't even eat that. Like I'm yeah. not like I am not in the in the habit of wasting bacon. Three and a half is what somebody else responded to me, but there is no three and a half option. Yeah. Yeah. Four, so five? We got we got four, four, and we've got another four in the Who studio had five? here. You had, I'll go four, five, a little crispier. A little crispier but on the five. But not burnt, right? Not, not six. No, okay, you know, not six. definitely not six. Six okay. is too much, because six would be burnt. Okay, bacon and eggs, you want four. Am I right? Yeah. What have you eaten the yes. BLT? I, I would say what, almost four and a half. Five? Yeah, because okay, you got to get it crunch. crispy. Okay, right. yeah. makes sense. Exactly. Right. So five maybe page. for a BLT, <laughs> but four um, for that. So um, also, I do want to say, have you ever watched the show This Is Us? No. On NBC? No. you got to watch it. Okay. It's like, it is so emotionally affecting, and I think you would enjoy it. Okay, This because, Is Us. Yeah, it's oh, on NBC. Oh, I keep hearing about this deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Like, I watched an episode last night, and it was like, I, I was literally crying. Like from a TV show, like emotional. Like, like yes, oh, yeah. I, don't know, I was like, nah, I'm like, man. why am I doing this to myself? My, but my, like, it was so good. It was honestly one of the best hours of television I've ever seen in I my life. I don't need a TV and show. And it's why I, Sterling K. Brown won the Emmy a couple years. ago. I have a family already. 
I live through it every day. <laughs> well, maybe that's why I need to watch it because I don't. Right. Yes. No, but it's really I good. I cry man. every day. Cry <laughs> every day. All right. Any parting shots before we let the people go? No. I we, uh, just this is. Um. I I can't wait for camp. I I can't wait to see those two, those three, uh, that that uh, defensive line group together. Yeah. Um, I'm still excited for the draft, but not so much now with the moves they've made. Uh, you asked me to begin the show. Uh, am I giving Les Need a hand? Yes. Not really. This okay. is this is his job. Mm-hmm. This is what you're supposed to do if you're the other 31 that's not bringing home a Lombardi. You're right. supposed to do things like this. So um, am I surprised? Am I shocked? No. Am I happy? Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's, get, let's get playing. All right. Well, I think that will be as good a place as any to leave us off here on this episode of Between the Horns. Also, definitely want to note that the second episode of Behind the Grind, our Facebook watch show, will be premiering on Facebook uh, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Did you watch the first one, DeMarco? I watched part of it. See, oh, far. Oh, I have a little girl. I can only watch so much daddy stuff. We're going to show you the first episode of Behind the Grind the moment we leave the studio. You can definitely check that out on the Rams Facebook page, or you can follow the show at facebook.com backslash Rams Behind the Grind to get notified when the episode premieres. So for DeMarco Farr, I'm Miles Simmons. Thanks for tuning into this Between the Horns. Hope you have a happy Easter.